on this is the last day of the old year, right? And how many have something to thank God for in 2023? Raise your hand if you've got something to thank God for in 2023. Amen. Now, how many of you are thanking God that 2023 is over? you know, or is getting ready to come to it. And so there's always something to thank God for. Sometimes what we have to learn is how, is about perspective and how to view things and look at them so we can always maintain an attitude of gratitude. I want to start out with a clip from uh, this, I don't know how to call this except skit guys. So we're going to play this and I want you to watch this because it speaks to what just happened here today. If only I could go back and change some things, set things straight. I wish I had a do-over. I've made choices. I've lost out. I've wished a thousand times I could go back and try again. It's hard not to imagine what might have been. If I had just stopped to think. If I had just done as I was told. If I hadn't thought I knew it all. Why didn't I just take a few deep breaths? Took one second to listen. Maybe my life would be better. Maybe there wouldn't be such a high price to pay. Things would be different now. I wouldn't have so many regrets. But is everything lost? Can I just get a do-over? Is there a way back to new beginnings? Because regret can mean a new beginning. When it's given to the one who produces a repentance. A repentance that delivers me from my grief. The one who takes my mistakes. And somehow redeems me through them. Who tells me I'm not the sum total of all my regrets? He tells me not to look back. Because there's nothing there to see. I am not my mistakes. He is faithful and just to forgive me. I just have to ask him. And then I can look straight forward. Forget what is behind me. And strain towards what is ahead. And walk away with all regrets erased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Every day I'm given a clean slate. A clean slate. I get a clean slate. Amen. Aren't you glad for a clean slate today? Praise God that I'm not. Somebody said, well, you ain't what you ought to be. I ain't what I used to be either. I'm on my way. Amen. And I praise God for it. I want to uh, preach to you from Psalms 34 and 19. Let me read this and we're going to pray. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Father, for all that you do for us, God, and even those things that we're not even aware of. So God, we just ask that you would help us, Father, to surrender ourselves to you, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you for a while this morning on a new song for a new day. Would you say that with me? A new song 
for a new day. Any of you ever find yourself in tight spots before? Situations you kind of got into and you're thinking, man, alive, I need to get out of this. And you're, you're trying to work your way out and you don't know how sometimes. And, there, you know, and so it, it comes down to uh, a tight squeeze, you know, trying to get through things. And I want to show you a clip of an individual that had gone to the doctor's office. And this was back years ago when you went to the doctor's office and they made you... Uh, take your clothes off and get into like a hospital gown to check you out. And they had a place for women to get dressed and a place for men to get dressed. And it's amazing the situations we can get ourselves into, isn't it? Go ahead. accidentally walked into the wrong spot. Hello. Hi. <coughs> Bless you. Thank Well, I'm sorry. This was my room to begin with. Don't you know how to behave in public? Look, this was my room. You came in here. I didn't ask you to come in. Um, 
If I wasn't in such a hurry, I'd... Look, you, you go ahead, finish undressing. I'll wait. Here, let me help you. Many are the afflictions. <laughs> so here's the thing is sometimes we get ourselves in predicaments that we didn't intend to be in, and we try and get ourselves out of them, and the more we work at getting out of it, it seems like the worse it gets. Has anybody ever been there before? Amen. And so we have to learn how to trust God. Now, if I asked the question today, how many of us trust God, there would probably be hands go up all across this auditorium, right? But if I ask you if there were times in your life that you had situations that you were facing and you begin to doubt or question or fear, there would probably be hands go up all over this auditorium, right? And so, trusting God is about more than just saying it. Trusting God is about walking it out. It's kind of like when I was a kid, my dad took me to Crab Orchard Lake. We came down here. I was raised up around Chicago, but my grandparents lived down here, so we'd come down here on vacation. And he took me out to Crab Orchard Lake and was going to teach me how to swim. He set me up on top of a rock, and he said, now, I want you to jump to me. And I said, well, you can take that off anytime you want to. Uh, and uh, he said, that I, he said, I, I want you to jump to me. But I thought, man, that's, that's too far. I, I can't make that leap. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I said, I, I can't do that. I said, and he said, he said, don't worry. He said, I'm going to catch you. And I said, but I, 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 I'm afraid to. And he looked at me and he said, don't you trust me? And when he said that, without a moment's hesitation, I jumped off that rock toward him and I hit the water and went under and started kicking and, you know, and, and fighting. And then all of a sudden I felt those hands that I thought had forsaken me come up underneath me and lift me up to the top of the water. And he said, now kick, because today you're going to learn how to swim. And so it is with God that oftentimes we feel like those situations have enveloped us, taken us under, and we're kicking and we're thrashing, trying to find our way to the top. But his hands are there, and you just have to trust and wait for him to lift you up because he's not going to forsake you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And you may be sitting there today and going, well, yeah, that's right, you know, and I wouldn't have anything to fear if I, if I was righteous. How many righteous people we got in here today? 
We, we, we don't have a whole lot of hands going up quick because we're not sure how that works out. I mean, the Bible said that our righteousness is like filthy rags. As a matter of fact, the Scripture tells us in Romans 3 and 10, Paul says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Well, then how, how is that going to help me out if the Lord, there are many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all? Where do I fit in that? You have to bring the Scriptures together. You have to be able to understand what the writer's saying. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, for he made him, speaking of Jesus, God made Jesus, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we, here it comes, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you understand that when I stand before you, I don't stand in my righteousness because I don't have righteousness. But because of him and what he did for me, I stand in the righteousness of God. And so God has got me covered. God is taking care of me. David understood something about struggle. He understood about circumstances that overwhelm and he wrote about them in the 40th chapter of Psalms. First three verses of Psalms 40 are unique, and it's almost a, uh, just a, a short glimpse of David's life. And I want to share this with you today. Verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. Everybody say it with me. I waited patiently. How many of you have waited patiently? See, here, here's what you have to understand is that the way we wait is as important as what we're waiting on. Well, Pastor, I don't understand what you mean by that. Well, let me make it real plain, okay? Okay. I go in for a job interview, and my job interview's at 9.15. I get there at 9 o'clock. At 9.30, I'm still waiting for them to call me in for the interview. I get a little agitated. 9.35, still no one's called me in. So I walk up to the woman at the desk, and I say, it's 9.35. I said, what was my time again, my time for an interview? 9.15. Okay, I just want to make sure. Now it's 9.45. Hey, lady, I've been in here for 45 minutes waiting for an interview that was supposed to happen at 9.15. Now, my time's important, too. Now, I want to know what's going on. And they say, well, what's going on is you don't have the job. Bye. <laughs> because of my attitude. Because you're never going to go any further in life than your attitude will take you. Are you with me? Now, hear me. The grace of God can save us, but it's only... It's only God building our character that can promote us. Are you with me? See, I can, you, you can save me from drowning. And I can, and, and, and you know, I'm, you, you see me in a pool and I'm drowning and you jump in and get me out. 
And I say, oh, thank you so much. And you say, it's okay, it's okay. And I say, I appreciate it. And I go and jump back in. And you think, well, what's the deal with that? And And you go and get me out and say, oh, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Back in. After a while, you're going to finally pull me out and say, you know, I'm getting a little tired of this, having to jump in here and rescue you all the time. What's he saying? He's saying that we need to have something in us that draws us to God, that wants, uh, that keeps us in the presence of God, that speaks to our heart and begins to declare, I don't want to wind up in the mess I was in. I I don't want to go back to that. I want to go forward. Somebody say it with me. A new song for a new day. So David talks about this. This phrase waited patiently. If you look at that in Hebrew, it comes from the same word. So when it says waited patiently, it's actually a duplicate of a word being used in Hebrew. And you say, well, well what, what's that mean? Well, if you look at the definition of the word, you find out that waited patiently could be translated, looked with expectation. In other words, I'm not just sitting in the doctor's office twiddling my thumbs. I'm I'm looking with expectation. I'm not just in the, in the place for the interview. I don't know how I got to a doctor's office. I guess it was that clip. I, I'm not just standing in, in an office waiting to get interviewed. I'm looking with expectation that God is going to give me this job, that, that God's favor is on me, that this is going to happen. God's, you look with expectation. And when you look with expectation, God hears your prayer why would God answer a prayer that you don't even believe in so we have to look with expectation everybody say I'm expecting it he makes that statement and he said he heard my cry now watch this David's anointed to be king at an age most scholars believe that he was somewhere between 10 and 15 years old when he was anointed to be king But he wouldn't sit on the throne until he was 30. So David walks at least 15 years of his life carrying an anointing without seeing it happen. He knows he's called to something, but what he's called to hasn't taken place yet. If we're not careful, we throw away the call of God because we're not waiting patiently. We expected it should have happened a long time ago, and yet we're still not seeing anything yet. To wait patiently means I'm looking with expectation that I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. 15 years of his life, Waiting and trusting God. Jesus reminds us in Luke 21 and 19, he said that in your patience possess ye your souls. David didn't give up. Look, those that wait patiently for God, though they may wait long, they do not wait in vain. God will answer. David goes on to say in verse 2, 
that there's some stuff that's happening while he's waiting. Any of you ever, you know, wait on a bus, wait on a plane, wait on a train, and when they called the number, what'd you do? You got up and got on or you got left. I was in Houston waiting on a plane. I'd been waiting for a while. I thought, man, it's getting off close. I walked up to the counter. I said, hey, what, the plane going to St. Louis, when, when's that leaving? They said, it already did. I said, what? I said, nobody called it. They said, well, we called. I said, ma'am, I've been sitting right here. <laughs> and I said, nobody called that plane. See, I have to look expect with expectation i can't depend on somebody to let me know when it's going to happen i i got to be ready for when it's going to happen i got to have my eyes wide open and i got to be watching and so now david talks about what he went through during that time watch what verse 2 says he also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. For over 15 years, David's faithfulness is rewarded with treachery. His mercy is met with callous brutality. He fights King Saul's battles while the King Saul wants him dead. He protects Saul's life while Saul seeks to take his life. He's in a horrible pit of despair. And he just keeps feeling like it's sucking him further and further down. Anybody ever been there? Can you relate to what I'm talking about? When all of a sudden situation you're in or circumstances that surround you, things that you're facing in life begin to pull on you until you feel like you're losing your grip and you're going further and further down and you begin to think, man, I, I can't make it out of this. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's in those times, recognizing that we cannot deliver ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot free ourselves. That's when we need to look to God with expectation. We don't need to fall into despair and despondency and begin to speak out death. It's time to declare life. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, I know you're going to do it. I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to back up I'm going to step forward to believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him 15 years of David's life on more than one occasion he has to run out of Saul's presence to keep from being pierced with a sword or a spear being hurled at him he discovers that he, he's forced to flee his own house when he finds out that Saul has sent a group of men there to murder him while he lays in his own bed. David becomes aware that because of help that a priest gave him, that entire priest's family is destroyed. Man, can you imagine what he's got to be feeling? It finally gets to the point that David finally says, man, one day Saul's going to take my life. He hunts him like a dog. He chases him through the woods. He's chasing him around mountains. And on more than one occasion, the situation presented itself where David could kill Saul. Once 
when Saul went into a cave and he did not know that David and his men were back there. And another time when David crept into the camp and a deep sleep had fallen over these men and he walked right up to where the head of Saul was to take a cruise of water away and a spear. His own men looked at him and said, the Lord has delivered him into your hand. Wow. Isn't it something how easily we can be talked into doing something that isn't the will of God, thinking it is the will of God? You know what I've discovered in my own personal life? That when that happens, it's usually because you want something so desperately and you desire it so badly that you've got your ears tuned to listen to what you want to hear instead of what God is saying. But David, deep down in his heart, looks at this situation. Don't you know he's tired of running? Don't you know he's tired of going through everything he's been put through? Don't you know that there's a part of David that, I mean, how many of you in this building would have liked to smack somebody once? You know what I'm talking about? I'm just being honest with you. How many of you, how many of you in here ever been in a situation where somebody cuts you off in traffic and you wanted to pull them over, not to wish them a good day? Somebody smarted off to you in, in, a, in a marketplace and, or, or ended up, you know, I mean, it's just amazing how quick our fuse can go. But David, in the middle of that, looked at his men and he said, no, I'm not going to do it, even though it looked like God had done it. Can I tell you this, that God gives us an opportunity to test our character, to find out how much of him is really hanging out in here. And when those situations come up, you're the only one that can pass that test. You can't depend on somebody else to do it for you or somebody else to give you the right word or the right answer. And David reached down and deep inside of himself and he said, no. He said, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. After everything that Saul had done, David still looked at him and viewed him as God's anointed. I'm telling you, friend, that's why David is a man that's after God's own heart because he, doesn't, he wasn't looking at Saul's word moment he was looking at the call on Saul's life and the gifts and callings of God are without repentance can I tell you something you mess up and that doesn't mean that what God called you to do is now crossed through no it stays it remains and he keeps calling and saying, whosoever will, let him come to me. Cast your care on me, for I care for you. He keeps pulling and tugging at our hearts because he knows I've got a new day for you. 
And if you'll trust me, you'll sing a new song. (laughs) You won't be in this pit forever. David wrote about it in the 30th chapter of Psalms when he said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. What's he saying? He's saying, I know that the darkness I'm in right now is not going to last forever. So I'm just going to keep trusting God. I'm going to keep praising God until I see the light of his love shine through. And it did. It did shine through for David. The verse, verse 3 in chapter 40, listen to what David says. After he's been picked up out of that pit and set on a rock. He said, he has given me a new song to sing. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And can I tell you that that's exactly what's happened? For the last 3,000 years, people have been looking at David's life and seeing what God did in David's life and putting their trust in the Lord. Oh, there have been on more than one occasion that I took a look at what God did to David's Goliath and said, you know what, Uh, he can handle my Goliath too. There have been more than one time that I've looked at how David was down and out, but God raised him up. I looked at more than once in David's life and read where David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord. uh, And he got up uh, and turned an entire army around because David understood something about trusting God. And David sang that new song. How many of you in here today are ready to sing a new song? Amen. You ready for a new day? If you're ready for a new day, I want you to put your hands together right now. You ready for a new day? For a new song? I don't, I, I don't get many people encouraging me to sing. But I sing anyway. <laughs> Why? Because I, I got a new song. Well why, why, well, why don't they encourage you to sing, Pastor? Because they do not know the key I am in. <laughs> they don't understand that God gave me this new song. It's all mine. And as Ernest T. Bass would say, nobody else's. <laughs> it's all mine. This is what I'm saying. No matter where you find yourself in life, sing that song. No matter what you see yourself going through, sing that song. Because God is bringing a new day to dawn in your life. You know, when I read these things about David, I couldn't help but think about Paul, the Apostle Paul. David was a man, and what I'm getting ready to say, I'm talking about in the early part of Paul's life when Paul was actually known as Saul. And I I started contrasting them, and I thought, well, David's a man that's after God's own heart, but Paul has missed the heart of God. Both found themselves in pits, David for doing what was right in the eyes of God and Paul for doing what was wrong. Paul was having Christians put to death. David's trusting God, and Paul's fighting God. David's appointed by God, and Paul's been, or rather, David's anointed by God, and Paul's been appointed by man. But God pulled them both out of the pit and set them on a solid rock. This is what I want you to get. 
It doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter if, like David, you, you got your heart in the right place, or like Paul, you've misplaced your loyalty. God came after them both. Can I tell you, when I found God, I wasn't looking for him. I, I, I went to church that night for the sideshow. They told me that there's a ghost that comes in there. They called it the Holy Ghost. I'd never heard of it before. The only ghost I knew was Casper. I went that night for a show. But when I went, he apprehended me. When I went, I felt something grip my heart, and I couldn't explain it away. I began to look around me because I thought, what, what's happening inside of me? I'm looking at my brother. To, man, let's get out of here. And Paul's already, man, shaking in the pew, and I'm thinking, oh, no, what, what am I going to do? God apprehended me. Listen, it's not about you getting it all right that makes God come to you. As a matter of fact, it wasn't what was right with me that brought God to me. It was what was wrong with me that brought him to me. A new song for a new day. Paul never felt worthy, but he was grateful. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 9. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. Verse 10, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, when he snatched me up, it, it changed who I was, and, and I know that I'm not worthy, and I, 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 I'm, not, I, I, I'm the least of the apostles, but I am telling you this. Since he saved me, I've given it everything I got, and I've labored more abundantly. As a matter of fact, when you go on in 2 Corinthians 11 and 24, listen to what Paul describes having gone through. He says, five different times Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. And I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. But then he writes in 2 Timothy 1 and 11, and God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That's why I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I'm sure that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, I'm waiting patiently. Paul's saying, I'm looking with expectation. Paul's saying, because of having been put in a pit, it hasn't taken away my song, but I'm trusting God. Say it with me. I'm trusting God. God. 
So it leads us to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Paul's declaration, not just for himself, but for us, therefore. <laughs> Whenever you see therefore, take a look and see why it's there for. <laughs> therefore, what's Paul saying? After everything I've been through, after all God has done for me and rescued me, he said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, you can't wave my past in my face anymore. I'm brand new in Jesus. Old things are passed away in my life. I am brand new in God. So here's my question. How many of you are ready for a new song in 2024? If you are, would you stand with me right now? You're ready for a new song and a new day. I want to ask you a question, and you answer it privately. How have you been doing with this waiting thing? How are you handling that? Because remember, the way we wait can be as important as what we're waiting on. Because if God is looking down to see how we're waiting, and he sees us frustrated and aggravated, and we're griping and complaining instead of trusting and believing, well, let me just ask you this. Which child do you think you would be more inclined to help out? The one that comes to you and say, man, I want to thank you for all you've done for me. I can't even begin to express how grateful I am. I don't deserve any of this. I've never done anything worthy of all this, but yet you've been so good to me. And I, I, I just want to say thank you. Or the one that's looking and saying, I can't believe you haven't done nothing for me. I can't believe, yeah, I know you did that back then, but I'm talking about now. I'm talking about today. You haven't done anything for me lately. And I really need, no, no. The way we wait is as important as what we're waiting on. So everybody take a deep breath. Why'd you do that? Bring my blood pressure down. <laughs> I found out this past year, they told me I had high blood pressure. And I thought, well, why do I have high blood pressure? And then I discovered that the way you wait Is anybody in the house today? <laughs> so I came back, and when I came back, LaDonna will testify to this. I came back, I, I called into the office, I said, we're going to change some things around. <laughs> I said, I'm going to, and I, I've tried to do this, and I'm going to confess I haven't been real good at it yet. I'm working on it. But I said, I'm, I'm going to take a week every month and I'm going to call in and just relax. Just 
one week where I call in and we meet by phone instead of me coming in. And my life is on a constant run. And I got to thinking, I thought, if I'm gone, all the running's going to stop anyway. So help me to run well. Help me to learn how to pace myself. Because the race isn't to the quick. Help me, God, to recognize that you're still in control when I've lost control. And that there's nothing that I'm going to face today that you haven't already taken care of. Amen. So today, as we get ready to meet, as a, I'm going to have you come up here in just a second, but I, I want you to come expecting, waiting patiently, looking with expectation that this year is going to be a great year. I said this year is going to be a great year. I said, this year is going to be a great year. Well, pastor, you, are you saying that there's not going to be any troubles? There's not going to be any problems? No, I didn't say that. I said, this year is going to be a great year. Because when problems come and trouble comes, God's going to take care of it. It's a great year. There's nothing we're going to face that God won't get us through. That's right. It's a great year. Tyree. It's a great day. It's a great day. Jared, it's a great day. Amanda, it's a great day. You know what it felt like when I was in there baptizing them? Felt like I was getting baptized again. <laughs> Man, praise God. A great year. A great day. Because I know in whom I've trusted and whom I've believed. So here's my question. If you're in here today and you don't know him, you haven't given your heart to him, why don't we take care of that now? Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. He, he's the one that made the big deal. I said it was a big deal to him. For us, it's as easy as saying, here I am, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. It's not about what you've done. It's about what he did. And he's paid that price for you. So if you're ready to go into 2024 and you haven't yet received him, I'm going to ask you to come right now. I'm going to hold for just a second and give you an opportunity to come. If not, then this is what I'm asking. For those of you that are here and you've already come, you've already said yes. Rachel, is that you? Is that Elena? Where's Rachel at? Hold your hand up, Rachel. Are you in the building? Is she in here? Is it, was, it, was it Rachel that got baptized last? Huh? Rebecca, no wonder you're not in here. 
Rebecca, where are you at? Ra raise your hand. Are you in here? Oh, there she is. Come up, run up here real quick, would you? I, I, I'm doing, why are you doing this? I said, I got to tell you, man, when I, when I, I they, they told me, they said, hey, they said, there's one more who wants to be baptized. But then Ray told me afterwards, he said, man, I said, that girl came up and she said, oh, no, no, wait for me, wait for me. <laughs> what was she saying? She's saying, you're not going to do this without me. I made up my mind. I'm changing my life. It's a new day. I got a new song. And she ran to get there. Give her a big hand, would you? Thank you, Rachel. Or Rebecca, I'm sorry, I called her Rachel. I thought, wow, you know, we need to get that way, don't we? I, 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 can't, I can't wait to find out what God's getting ready to do. How about you? So if you're ready, if you're ready for that new day and a new song, I want you to step up front with me right now, real quickly. We're gonna have to pray for what the definition of quick is. As you're standing with me all across the front of this building, just stretch your hands to heaven with me. Now, this is, this is what I want you to get. Remember, look at me and say this. I'm working on my waiting game. <laughs> I'm, in, in other words, I'm, I'm going to look with expectation. I'm not going to wait anxiously or nervously. I'm not going to complain while I'm waiting. I'm going to praise him while I'm waiting. I'm going to thank him while I'm waiting. I'm going to look at everything he's already done for me and praise him for that. And that's going to make me get more excited about the things that I know he's getting ready to do for me. Are you ready? Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. You know what? It's a good day. It's a good day, Jaron. It's a good day. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me, just raise your hands to heaven. Get something a little peppy. Thank you. Look at, look at me. Just, I don't know what your name is. I just need to share this with you. I, I, I was looking at you, and while I was preaching, and the Lord started showing me that there, there has been, there's been such a, you've seen a transformation in your own life to the point that now you're finding faith that you didn't really have before. This is just the beginning. There, I'm not going to play games with you. There are storms that will come, but the storms will never be able to take the wind out of your sail. <laughs> Amen. As you raise your hands to heaven with me right now. Church, would you stretch your hand this way, Father? I know it seems like there have been clouds that have tried to over, how can I say this, try to block out the sun, the block hope. Those clouds, can't, do you know what happens with clouds when the sun gets intense? Clouds begin, begin to dissipate. They, the heat will break them up. 
And I'm telling you that the heat of the Son of God, the love of the Son of God, is going to melt away the clouds that have been trying to overshadow your life. Father, I thank you for it. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow your trumpets and shout. Praise it for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way the battle is won. This is the way that we to me a little bit earlier and he's he needs God to touch his body how many of you believe that God's a healer amen God is not just that now I want you to hear what I'm going to say because you can get healed and die and go to hell so the greatest miracle you're ever going to experience is when God reaches in and saves your soul and that that changes who you are and sometimes it even amazes us right Sometimes we start looking inward and we go, you know what? I'm not the same person I used to be. There's some things that have changed in me. And then God goes to work. But today, God, look, I've seen a change in David. But I know that God's able to change his situation with his body. Amen? Are you ready? Yes. Just stretch your hands as high as you can get them. Father, I thank you. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. someone by the hand we're going to pray together don't anybody leave we're going to be going to the back for the groundbreaking if you have children you can go get your children out of the class so you're ready to come back there with us but I want us to agree together this is the last day of 2023 and in spite of everything the devil tried to do to take you out you're still here I said, you're still here. Give God praise for it. Thank him for it. Amen. Not only, not only are you still here, but you still carry the promise. Do you understand that even after David left this life, he still carried the promise of a throne, that it would be established forever. You can't take me out. Because even when I leave here, I'm alive and well there. I'm telling you, we've got to gear up because the best is yet to come. Yes, there are going to be some intense days, but I'm telling you, we're going to experience the power and the presence of God in ways that we've never seen it before. You're going to experience a wrestling inside of you like you've never felt before, but when you come up, you're coming up victorious in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Grab someone by the hand, raise your hands together. And for the next 30 seconds as they sing this song, I want you to pour out your best praise 
I want you to begin to declare some things over your life for 2024. I want you to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and say, devil, I'm standing on the word of God. I am not going to fall. I'm going to pass over. Amen. I'm going to be victorious in Jesus' name. Are you ready? 30 seconds worth. Let's go. Father, we thank you. out there when we dismiss you can go straight into the chapel there's coffee and donuts in there donut holes uh, if we run out of donut holes I'll be digging a big hole out back so we'll anyway we'll have plenty uh, man I'm excited I, I, I'm excited God is getting ready to do great things he's already done them let's pray together father we are so grateful to you for 2023 and all that you've done, the miracles that we saw you work this year. Father, we stand in awe of healings that took place in front of our eyes that doctors said could not happen, cancers that were healed. Lord, nerves that were, were healed, God, and mended. And Lord, and, and made doctors scratch their head and drop their mouths in awe of your miracle working power. We praise you for that. We thank you, God, for every battle that we went through. It just made us stronger. It caused us to recognize that you really do have us in the palm of your hand. And so we come to you grateful today, thanking you. And God, looking with expectation to the future, embracing 2024 wholeheartedly, asking you to order our steps and direct our path. Thank you today, God, for the ground that's being broken. God, it's not just a place, Father Lord, for us to fellowship. It's a place to build lives. It's a place, God, where people come together and encourage each other and strengthen one another. A place that'll make a difference in eternity. We thank you for it. We ask you to guide our step and order us, Father, as we start into this venture. And we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin has got his Tonka. What is that? An excavator back there. So we're getting ready to go back, shake hands, be friendly, make your way to the back, 
and uh, we're getting ready to break some ground, all right? Love you guys. I'll see you out there.